0: You are listening to Creatively Speaking presented by Showcase, the first professional social network designed specifically for marketers. Find work, find talent, build teams, and win business. This is Deborah Carney, the Senior Director of Marketing at Showcase. A great soundtrack can often take a commercial from ordinary to extraordinary. In this episode, I chat with Andrea Saparoff, President and Composer at Saparoff Music. She takes us through her creative process, her challenges, how she became involved with the 3% conference and more. Take a listen and then connect with her on Showcase. Good afternoon and thank you, Andrea Saparoff, president and composer of Saparoff Music for speaking to us in our Showcase audience. Um, Andrea, composer, that is such an interesting line of work. Please tell us a little bit more about your Saparoff music and how you even got into being a composer.
1: Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me here. It's really a pleasure to talk with you. Um, well, I w- it was kind of in the genes. Uh, my father was uh, one of the top studio musicians in Hollywood, uh, a violinist. So from you know from literally day one, I experienced him playing string quartets every every weekend and was around music all of my life. Started playing violin when I was five, and then cello and classical guitar. And then when I got older, um, I started composing, and I said, well, this this is what I want to do. So I went back to school, learned everything I possibly could about composing, Um, and um, I love it. I I think I have the coolest job in the world.
0: Wow, well, I'm just so impressed. I mean, women composers, first of all, you don't hear of very often. Um, so that's just amazing. Um, but tell us, like, how did you go from the migration of maybe not working in the symphony versus you get to work on some of the coolest projects in film and TV commercials? Well, I, kn-
1: I knew I didn't have the um, tenacity um, to be a great player. I mean, those, those people are just amazing. And my passion was creating. So um, I started doing little educational films and um, then, you know, was given an opportunity to do some things at CBS and starting to do TV movies and um, independent features. And then advertising kind of fell in my lap because um, uh, our neighbor was one of the top producers at one of the biggest agencies in L.A., so he started hiring me for uh, for um, spots, and I thought, well, this is fun, <laughs> you know, because I love the yin and the yang of it. I mean, 30 seconds doesn't sound like a lot, but when you put it under a microscope, it's very, very intense, where if I'm doing a TV movie that might have 58 minutes of music, I don't get that much of an opportunity to massage every frame of it like I do in commercials
0: yeah i mean some people they actually don't even think about the music as being such a huge component of a tv commercial or part of the creative process but really it can really make or break a great ad um can you walk us through how do you even get to um composing such a great piece for for a tv commercial
1: Well, it's interesting. Um, It's taken me a a while to understand um, from the creative director's point of view, what the process is in the fact that I realize that for non-musicians, music seems like a foreign language, you know, and they're always saying to me, you know, kind of apologetically, but no need to apologize, that they say they don't know anything about music. And um, my job is to say, which I do, is that you don't need to know about music. You need to know what you want your audience to be feeling Mm. when they're watching your spot. So the composer's art comes in knowing how to use music to embellish and enhance the visuals, how to add that visceral emotional connection to make the story more powerful and effective.
0: Mm -hmm. Now you've worked on some great, great products, um, Cheerios, Volkswagen, Nike, EA, Hyundai, MGM Grand. I can go on and on and on. Um, can you walk us through, like, what was your favorite spot to work on?
1: Um, you know, I know this sounds so cliche, but they're all my favorite spots. But there are some that... Um, um, I, I had a little bit more satisfaction in because there was, it was out of the, the normal box, you know. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I do when I am starting to work on a project is I ask a lot of questions of the creatives because I need to know how, what they want their audience to be feeling emotionally, you know, who is it directed to, and um, <clears throat> the point of view of the music. So on the Cheerios spot, I looked at that, and it was just such a precious spot And it was very important. The music had to be um, uh, uh, light and fun, but it did not want to be, you know, it shouldn't have been childlike. And um, so then, you know, through conversations with the creative director, we came up with this light jazz idea. And then looking at it, um, tempo is always so crucial in music when it when it marries video because when it marries picture because if it's too fast it'll rush the cut if it's too slow it'll drag it down Mm. so in looking at this spot you know a million times before i started writing i realized this little kid has a certain cadence to his walk when he's walking through the kitchen and it became well that's a no-brainer that's the tempo of the spot you know so um that's how i approached that another thing is when I look at the form of the spot and I look at what the creatives are trying to create, I see the dialogue that they're talking that, that's in there. Mm-hmm. And there are important words that need to not have music underneath them. You know, it's as important to not have music in a certain place than it is to have music because what will happen is the music will just roll over that powerful arc of the story so I, I don't want to lose that and I'm I'm very aware of that so in the cheerio spot when the little kid when the dad says can I take it off yet and the little kid says no that was a perfect time for me to have a nice little hold in the music
0: hmm. that's interesting um, on the lifetime of your career Andrea what would you say is your most proud proudest piece that you've done so far
1: well um there was a, um, a feature-length documentary that I scored um, that, to me, was just so uh, rewarding because of the subject matter and um, also working with the director. So that was, you know, very nurturing for me. I really love that. Um, as far as commercials, one of the things, one of the spots that I really enjoy is the uh, trailer, trailer that I did for EA. The reason being... Is when the creative director came to me, he said, um, Okay, this is what we want. We want a tone at the beginning and a couple big drum hits. And my usual comment was, Great, send me the picture, I'll start. And he said, No, we're gonna score to your music, or we're gonna cut to your music, which is totally different than I ever do it. So we knew that it should have been a filmic sound. Um, and then the question was, what kind of film score, you know, what are we looking for? And listening to the VO with her um, kind of abrasive tone, you know, very uh, take-no-prisoners type of tone, Mm -hmm. um, it became like, all right, um, uh, Philip Glass, that kind of sound. So what was cool to me is I got to uh, immerse myself in Philip Glass for a couple days before I could start writing.
0: So tell me tell me the process, though, a little bit more. Like, you write the music, but then do you hire all the musicians in your team? And then do you do produce it just to make sure that it's exactly what you envision in your head from start to finish? Um, yes.
1: And sometimes, I mean, with today's budgets, um, a lot of times we use all sampled. So I don't get a chance to hire musicians, mm-hmm. but um, I always love to have at least one or two musicians in the track because I think that they bring something very important to the party. Um, So I I write the music, I produce it, I'm interfacing with the clients. Um, Even though I love mixing my own music, I usually don't have time so I have a great engineer who's part of my team and um, so I bring him in to mix it. Um, And then you know, the other thing is, like, I feel equally at home because I'm classically trained. I feel equally at home in front of a 30-piece orchestra mm. as I do in front of all these wonderful uh, samples.
0: Now, do you play as well? So, you know, songwriters, they're not necessarily the ones in front of the microphone, but yet they they can sing enough to hear their, their sound. Um, do you play on, like, a piano or a guitar or something so you can... Kind of get a, a feeling well, of what the final piece will sound like.
1: Well, because of technology and all the samples, like for instance, the EA spot that was co- totally written and performed by me, so um, there were no live players on that. Mm. So, yeah, I'm. I'm. That's what the client heard when I gave it to them. So they hear it actualized, and um, that's the way I really like to do it, so that there's no surprises.
0: Right. Okay. Um, now tell us like what what was your most challenging piece and how did you break through to get to the final?
1: That's a good question you know I I don't look I've learned to um, deal with my creativity so I don't judge myself in the early creative process where I wouldn't say write something and go boy that is crap. You know, I'm going to throw that out. I just don't judge myself. I wait until it evolves. And I also have learned over the years not to panic when there's when the page is blank, because every project I've ever done, the page started off blank, you know, and I I got to where I was going to get, you know, um, to being happy with it and the client being happy with it.
0: That's really great advice. I think oftentimes we are really hard on ourselves whether you're you know a a writer or an art director or a designer you know just being so hard on ourselves and yep. it will come. The creative process will come.
1: <laughs> and I also learned um, in doing these long form projects like the TV movies and stuff is that no matter how long my day is, you know, I could be spending an 18 hour day before I turn in for the night, I always start another queue, no matter how sparse it is, no matter how much I do on it. So it's kind of a, a mind game because what happens is when I'm sleeping, I find that my creative mind still continues and it's working on that new cue for the next morning. So when I get up in the morning and I sit down to write, I feel like I have a leg up on creativity on that on that part of the the next project.
0: Well, speaking of creativity, like what things inspire you to get to a place where you are creative?
1: Um you know i'm I'm always listening to music. I'm all I mean, my perception of the world is sound. that's that's just the way it is. So I'm you know, when my dog is drinking water out of his bowl, I'm noticing the the cadence. you know, one dog has a different cadence of how he drinks water than the other. Um, I'm fascinated by textures. so um, I found these really cool um, samples of washing machines and so i sat down and and wrote a piece of music using those sounds mm. um um you know i'm i'm equally comfortable in the in the traditional world but i love using found sounds in musical ways so that inspires me
0: now do you have like when you do hear these cool sounds and you record them so now you just have kind of a digital library if you yeah. will that you can kind of pull from when you do have a job and you're like wow that would be perfect for this
1: absolutely or take a sound and turn it around you know play it backwards and go that's cool wow you know? that's
0: smart that's really smart um how much is uh collaboration uh, how, how much do you pull the client into the process um and where along the lines is it all throughout your composing or it, 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 it is from,
1: it is from day one you know, Mm -hmm. um, because I can't get enough information from them. And I've had clients say to me, you know, after I've watched the, the, the spot, and then I will take a lot of notes on my own, just watching the spot. And I'll say, okay, what about this? What about this? What about this? And they'll say to me, that's really a good question. I have no idea. Let me think about it. So, um, I never want to assume that I know what my client wants, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, um, you know, even though I'm, I'm the composer, it's, it's their, it's their commercial, you know, it's their film, you know, um, and they have a vision for it. Um, obviously I have my input and I'll make suggestions. And there have been times where, um, a client has said to me I really hear it this way and I'll go great let me do it that way and then let me do it the way I hear it Mm -hmm. you know
0: and what often wins out the way that you hear it or the way that they heard it
1: um well in these couple of times it was the way that I heard it yeah (laughs) you know because I'm coming to the project with fresh ears you know fresh emotions I haven't lived with it as long as they have right you know so for me it's 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 new
0: Right. Well, and you're an expert, so I would I would defer to you as well. I don't know. If I'm going to say I don't know anything about music, I would want to go to the composer who knows everything about music and listen to what you think.
1: Well, thank you. <laughs> it, it just makes it more fun, you know. And then I could be in the middle of writing something and say to the client, ooh, you know, the creative, I just came up with this thing. Hear it without the strings and then hear it with the strings, you know. Right. And then the other thing is, you know, a lot of stuff comes to me with temp music. So I have to um, again be the musical psychologist that's kind of how I feel think of myself is I have to sit down and go, okay, what is it about the temp music they like? And it could be something as simple as we really like those two bars of solo piano. So forget the drums, forget the bass, forget the guitar you know
0: so it's up up to me to figure that out um, Wow, sounds fascinating. Um, so I don't know that many composers that work in the advertising space. I mean, are there a lot of people, or like that's one question. And my other question that I'm dying to ask is, how would someone who who is listening and wants to get into this business, how would they how would they go about doing it?
1: Well, I think there are a fair amount of composers. Most of the companies are music companies, so they will hire, they will have a lot of composers on staff or freelance. I run my business a little bit differently. I run it more like the TV and the feature world um, because I, I, um, I feel that personal attention that I can give my client is, is they value that. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as, you know, I get calls all the time of young people that want to break into this world um really know your know your craft you know that's very very important and also be willing to do whatever you can to get a break and to learn from people because um i mean i when i was starting out i was learning from the creative directors that i worked with mm-hmm. you know because they were more seasoned than i was i mean i wasn't learning about music but i was learning about how they want music to embellish their commercial.
0: Is this through mentorships or internships they should seek out or?
1: Oh, I think it's a good idea.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So Andrea, I saw that you had done some work for the 3% conference. We actually Mm -hmm. had Kat in here um, doing a podcast as well. Um, Tell me a little bit more about that work that you did with them.
1: Well, it was really interesting. It was, I think, it was after the first 3% conference. And I think there've been four of them. I'm not quite sure. Um, and Kat knew of me and she reached out to me because she wanted to hire a woman composer to score their sizzle reel. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was very, very excited about it. And I'm in the middle of working uh, on it. And she sends me an email and she goes, you know, Andrea, we haven't discussed money. And I said, "Cat." this is a labor of love. There's no way that I could possibly charge you for this. And so um, she was very appreciative of that. And at the same time that that was going on, I became certified as a woman-owned business, which is from the Women's Business Enterprise National Council. Wow. And I heard about that because there were agencies like GSD&M that wanted to work with women businesses. Mm-hmm. So... Um, uh, that just seemed like a logical thing for me to do. And uh, so this is where the, the two, the 3% and WBENC kind of coalesced is that I was down at gsd because I was invited there because I was a woman-owned business. And t- uh, speaking with one of their um, senior account supervisors, and at the time, I mean, they've changed a lot, but at the time she said, you know, we don't have women creative directors here. Wow. or very, very few. And I introduced her to Kat. And I think Kat, um, did her road show was, GSD and was one of the first or second ones she did. And now GSD has become a full pledge sponsor, um, for the 3% conference.
0: Wow. That's fantastic. Kudos to you for, for oh, introducing them to that.
1: You know, it, it helps everybody, you know, and Disney has a very robust diversity, um, uh, agenda. So does CBS and a lot of agencies. Uh, Team One is great at that. Saatchi. So I think what Cat is doing and what the agencies are doing is just wonderful synchronicity.
0: Yeah. When she was in here, um, the 3%, I believe uh, she said it's risen to 11%. So still mm-hmm. a lot more work to be done, but that's amazing that she's been able to uh, to rise that to the eleven percent. So well,
1: and the interesting thing is that um, the same parallels are going on in Hollywood, where you have uh, well, I don't know what the four percent of the features are being directed of major features are being directed. I don't know what the stat is for directors in television. I think it's greater than that, but in com- in for composers, it's barely two percent. Wow. So um, this is a really wonderful time, I think, for the new uh, creative directors in ad- advertising, the women creative directors, and, you know, even men. I mean, that's, that's, what's, that's the whole awareness that's coming about is to, it's, it's that talent has no gender or diversity that's, or, or ethnicity. That's how I look at it. Right. So for me, I'm always looking to hire the best person for the job.
0: Mm-hmm. I totally agree. You
1: know, so it's a, it's a really great opportunity for creative directors to look and see, to expand their, their pool of talent.
0: Nice. Um, Andrea, what's what's next in your career? What can we look out for?
1: Well, I have I'm I'm doing a series of commercials right now, but there's an NDA, so I can't share oh, yeah. anything about, of it, course, you know. Of course. And um I'm uh working on another music library that I do kind of in between things. I was fortunate um that I met the uh the head of Sonaton APM North America, heard my music a couple years ago and was Really enjoyed my style, and so they they hired me to create two music libraries for them, which are being used on Dateline NPC, ESPN, oh, wow. own. So they're getting a lot of a lot of play. Um, but I mean, ultimately, I would rather do original music, and I think that creatives out there would rather hear original music.
0: Wow, you're a fascinating woman. I'm so <laughs> like, how do you have time to do our podcast? <laughs> um,
1: well, I like, I, I, I didn't feel honored. To- Oh my goodness! Well, it's my well,
0: pleasure. we know that people can contact you on Showcase. Um, mm-hmm. If they want to contact you and hire you, how else can they get in touch with you?
1: Well, they can go to my website, which is um, andreasaparoff.com or saparoffmusic.com. I'm I'm the only one in the book. There's no other Andrea Saparoffs. Um, and you know, I love doing all kinds of projects, so I just don't limit myself to uh, commercials or TV or docs. Um, I think that, um, nor do I limit myself to doing uh, certain price breaks, you know. So uh, for me, if the project has, if the people that are doing the project have a lot of passion and I believe in it, then I want to be involved.
0: Oh, that's great. I'd love to hear that. Well, um, I think that kind of wraps things up. Um, thank you so much for your time. It was really fascinating, and uh, we hope to see a lot more projects come, come from you, Andrea.
1: Well, thank you. This was great. It was a great opportunity to share um, uh, my process and also what, yeah. uh, what the agencies are doing with diversity and um, you know the fact that hopefully the numbers will go up in all aspects of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much.
1: My pleasure. Have a great day.
0: Thanks. You too. Bye-bye.